everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast from the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been around for the last several episodes, we have been talking about, and kind of along with the sermon series that we're doing as we're recording this, we've been talking a little bit about people who are deconstructing and people who, for one reason or another, are leaving church or walking away from the faith even, or just have a lot of significant questions about you know, about whatever, about, about, about God, about life and about, is any of this even real? And very often it comes from just kind of theological questions, or it comes very often from hurt that comes from the church or from family or from individual people. And it just starts to make people ask a lot of questions. And so we spent some time just talking, talking about where that comes from, talked a little bit about how we as Christians who maybe aren't struggling in that way can really love and support and empathize better with people who are asking a lot of good questions. And then we spent some time just kind of talking about how to rebuild. And so if this is the first episode that you're joining, I'd encourage you to go back. And because uh, what we've been doing actually for the last few episodes, we kind of did a five-week series at the church um, as we're kind of talking through some of these issues. And with each one of these sermons that we've done, I feel like that there's like a like a big picture question that kind of goes along with it that you can't really necessarily answer also in a, in, in a sermon. And so it's kind of a bit of a supplement to that. And in week four of the series, and again, if you were a part of that, then you know, otherwise you can, same place you got this podcast, you can see, you can see this message. But Mark talked about kind of why being a part of a church is really important. Because one of the first things that I think that can happen to people who are deconstructing is even before they, before they would even walk away from their faith, they seem to walk away from church. And I mean, I feel like Mark gave a really good sermon and I encourage you to listen to it. Just really, really kind of more of a rallying cry for why it is important for us to be together and why the gathering of Christians is such an important thing. So even as I was sitting there with Mark, question really popped into my head that I know that a lot of people have, and I know that a lot of people have this question is because I've heard a lot of people express it. Because again, they may have some political frustration with the church, or they may have a personal frustration with the church. They've got, they've, they've got, they've got something. They've got something that has made them feel that the church is not really an appropriate vessel for, for Jesus. And they have some you know, just real disdain for it for one reason or another. And so people will ask this question sometimes very practically, but sometimes just really more philosophically. And I'll start with one version of the question, and then we'll start getting slow. You know, we'll we'll progress to other versions of the question um, that kind of maybe. And so probably at some point, if you've had a question along these lines, probably at some point, hopefully, we will touch on your specific version of it. But we'll start in the broadest sense of it. When people ask, really, can you do Christian life alone? And so often the way that this is expressed is, you know, I don't need to be around a bunch of people. I don't need to go to church on Sunday. Just me and my Bible or just me walking around in nature, me just kind of connecting with God, that it really is about me and my personal faith. And so it, you don't really have to go to church. So in the broadest sense, the answer to the question, can you do the Christian life alone? Can, the answer to that question is no. I mean, it's just, at its simplest, the answer is no. Because if you, if you just look at what Jesus had to say, you just look at kind of his attitude, his vibe, and what he would describe kind of life with God is like, 
everything had a lot of one another's attached to it. Love one another, serve one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another. It just seemed like everything, almost everything that he said was tied around how we are supposed to treat one another. That in Jesus' mind, a pursuit of a relationship with God while requiring an individual decision and an individual commitment really was a, was a collective experience. It was something that was by design meant to be done with other people. And so you really can't be who Jesus called you to be by yourself. It's just, it's just, simply, it's just simply not possible. And I think we read the Bible, we read the commands and the thing that Jesus says, and it says, you do this, you do this, don't do this. Almost every time, those commands are plural commands. You know, if, if we were to translate the, uh, the Bible into Southern, it would be y'all. It'd be y'all. It'd be the Bible. It would never say you. It would almost always say y'all. Y'all need to. Y'all need to. Need to. How do you spell it? N-E-E-T-A? Need to. Need D. No, need to. You ne- y'all need to do this. And so there's a sense in which it was just assumed from Jesus that this was something that we were going to do together. And again, if I think if you think about the Bible thematically as a whole, it was kind of, it's always been that way. Sin was, sin came into the world by, by two people. The sins of one person in Israel were, were counted for against all of them. So for bad and for good, the redemption came to the whole group. The, the, the problems came, even if they were done by one person, came to the whole group. God, God has always dealt with his people corporately he's always thought of us as his as his people as jesus the metaphor he used that we are his bride it does not say that we are individually millions of jesus's brides we collectively are and so there was a there's just a strong sense that this was meant to be done together and so you can't you can't do it alone well let's well, let's, let's take it a step further then. Okay, well, I'm not talking about necessarily doing it alone. I mean, no one can be alone. You got to be around other people. So you may be saying, can you, can you be a good Christian and not be involved in a church? Now we're, now, okay, now we're getting, I think, a little better into it. And so here's what I'm not going to do. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just kind of try to find a handful of verses in the New Testament that talk about gatherings and there's one that gets used a lot in Hebrews. I guess if I quote it to you, then I'm using it, but there's one in Hebrews that talks about how we're not, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, about how we're not supposed to give up assembling together as some people do. And it talks about the gathering. And again, Mark's sermon really kind of pushed that. I'm not going to use verses that kind of just kind of to try to gotcha because most people who are struggling on this level don't want to be convinced by five or six Bible verses. So what I just kind of, just, let's, just, let's just think about it for a little bit. Can you do it without church? And I have a, a clever kind of quippy answer that I give that um, I don't want anybody who's really struggling with this to take any offense by it. But this has kind of been my experience. There's a little bit when I hear people ask that question that my first response very often is like, it's, it's kind of in the same way that people talk about communism, which may be like, that's not at all what you expected for me to say. Um, Communism, if you think about it, it's right, right? Like everybody has the same, we all, we all work together and we all have the same amount and we're all taking care of each other. And there's no, you know, there's, it, it just, when, when you hear it perfectly described, you think 
man, that, that's a great idea. What if we all just collectively took care of each other? There weren't any poor, there weren't any super rich, and we all just loved and took care of each other. It is a beautiful picture in theory. But in fact, in all the times that it has been tried, it has never been successful, which allows people who are really, really into that sort of philosophy to say, well, it's because it hasn't really been tried yet. And so my answer to the question is like, can you do the Christian life without church? How about say this? Can you do the Christian life without church? Can you do it well? Um, It's been tried. I, I Theoretically, sure. Theoretically, without being connected to a local church, you could... You could, you could have a, a, a thriving relationship with God, theoretically. But in practicality, the people, I, it, it, just, it just seems like it, it, it always leads to more discouragement and more isolation. And so I would just, I would, I would caution against it. Because again, like we said before, can we do the Christian life alone? You can't do it alone. Can you do it without church? Theoretically. But here's what it would begin to look like. And you see this. This is a progression that I've seen. I am old enough now to have seen many iterations of this kind of just in the church at large or individual people. It starts with I walk away from the church and suddenly I'm going to do a home church. I'm going to do a home church and I'm going to get just a few people in my neighborhood, a few of my friends together. And we're just going to we're just going to meet in my house and we're just have essentially what people would call a Bible study. But we're maybe we're also going to have a sermon. Maybe we're going to have. Maybe we're going to have, you know, maybe we'll worship together. And then you realize and you kind of study the Bible together and you see that there are all these different things that God has called you to do to kind of reach out to the community. And all of a sudden you got kids that need to be taken care of. And, and suddenly you got to work with other people's schedule and you realize, hey, there's a lot of diversity of people here. And so how I think maybe the women should get together every now and then, just the women, or maybe the guys should get together. And next thing you know, you have created a structure very similar to what a Sunday morning local church would be. All you've really done is you've scaled it down and changed the location. And so even the people who are doing it by, quote, not going to church end up typically going one of two ways, recreating a different structure, but essentially, which is a church, or they end up kind of discouraged and it just kind of becomes another step in their process. And so I strongly encourage you, if you have feel like for whatever reason you have had to walk away from what is considered the corporate church, right? The, 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 the structure of it, I would strongly recommend against trying to do the Christian life alone. It's not possible. It's just not possible. You, you are, you're created as a social person. You're created as someone who is meant to be in relationship. The Christian life is full of those commands. But if you feel like you need to step away, then what you're going to do, it you you need you need to create those elements in some way, even if it's on a smaller scale. But again, I've seen enough iterations of this: is that in the long in the long run, they either become churches or they fade away. And so, I mean, so for short seasons, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it can, it can be a good idea to kind of do something like that. But again, it's going to go one of two directions. It's going to, bec- it's going to become something or it's going to fade. And my, my strong encouragement, because again, this is not, I'm, I'm not talking about what the Bible says, what's right and wrong. I'm just talking about somebody who has been around a very, very, very long time. The people that I know who have vibrant, thriving relationships with God, 
are growing in their faith, doing well spiritually, personally, are connected in real ways to groups of other Christians. That's just kind of, that's by design of who we are and by, by God's design for us. And so the answer to the question, can you do Christian life alone? No. Can you do it apart from church? Sure, theoretically, at least for a little while. But I think underneath all of that is a deeper, more serious question that I think that a lot of people are asking. Is the corporate church, as it is structured in America right now, is it what I'll say irreparably flawed? So flawed meaning it's got big problems, and the big problems it has are so bad they can't really be fixed. And so what really needs to happen is the whole institution needs to to go away. Now we're getting to kind of at the core of really of what a lot of deconstruction is. You think about there is a structure. There is a structure that is the church, and it is so irreparably flawed. It has done so much damage, and the damage is built into its systems that it can't that it can't work. So a lot of people are asking that question. Like again, over the last several weeks, both in our sermon series and in this, when we're talking about deconstruction, we're mostly talking about people who are deconstructing their personal faith. But it very often starts, or with some people, that's the only place where it is. Does the institution of the church, does it need to be torn down? Wow. I mean, that's such a complicated question. Would I say that the church is irreparably flawed? I think I, I, I struggle with the word irreparably. What if I were to ask that about you individually? Are you irreparably flawed, you personally? I would say the answer to that question is no. I mean, I think it is at the core of Christian theology that there's no such thing as irreparably flawed if Jesus Christ and God the Father are involved. There is nothing about you individually that the blood of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus cannot make new, bring to life. I mean, these are the, these are the images that Jesus uses that are used all throughout the New Testament, bringing uh, life from death, um, making something old new. You can't take something old and make it new. It's not possible. By definitions of those words, you cannot do it. And you cannot take something dead and make it alive. These, these are things that they can't do. So if, if there's anything that is irreparably flawed, it is the human condition. But that's not the case because of what Jesus Christ is able to do to resurrect, to make new, to clean, to those sorts of things. So if it's true of you individually, what about two of you? Um, Together, are you irreparably flawed? Is your relationship irreparably flawed? No, it's not. About three of you, four of you, five of you, a hundred of you, two hundred of you. Um, so, so nothing is irreparably flawed, certainly not when the redemption and the new life that can come from Jesus Christ can be there. Now we can keep going a different direction and say, well, but we're talking, we're not necessarily talking about the people. I'm talking about the, the institution. I'm talking about the, the, I mean, are there some churches individual small C churches that their theology and their systems and their perspectives are so bad that they need to, they need to completely start over. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And is there, are there some things that are so entrenched in the Christian church that like collectively we just don't see these sorts of flaws and, and it just seems like no matter, no matter what you try, these same problems keep coming up. Like, I may, I may, I may be hard to disagree with that. I, I mean, the, the, the church in America is, is struggling. It is, it is, it is historically made some bad decisions and it just seems to continue to repeat some of them. And so there are some people then that are very revolutionary about that and want, and want to create an entirely different system. And if it is built on the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the redemption story that comes through the cross and the desire to really just kind of do the one another's, I wish people like that nothing but success. I really, I really, I really do. Now, if you've been around me, if you've been around the Grove Church at all, you would understand you come to our church and it is very institute. like you, everything about it is structured like a church. I mean, from the way that we do Sunday mornings to the way we do small groups, so, you know, we, we got a lobby like everybody, we got a kids ministry like everybody, we got a youth ministry. Structurally, it's the same. But I'm the kind of person, just me personally, that I'm, I do not believe that the structure is so irreparably flawed or so damaged that the structure can't be utilized, especially in a place where it is, it is very common, it is very known. And so what we have chosen to do is I think is to continue to keep the structure. Can we keep the structure, but change the tone? Can we keep the structure and um, try not to make and repeat the mistakes from the past? And that's where my heart is. That's just kind of who I am. I'm really not. A, I'm not a revolutionary. I'm not a. I'm not someone who's just going to blow something up. I'm the kind of person who remains always with a little bit of hope and always with a little bit of optimism. And honestly, I. I think that's God given. I mean, in the, in this in the same way that God has not given up on us, I'm not giving up on the the church, if you will. But I but I but in all of that, um, what I want you to hear is whatever whatever hurts you have, or whatever kind of big picture frustrations, be it around um, racism or sexism, that you feel like has creeped into some of the bigger picture institutions of the church, man, that pain is real and I don't want to minimize it. And your desire for something to be radically different, I, I get where it comes from. But just for me personally, I've just kind of chosen to, within the system, try to be a reformer. In fact, even just before I was recording this podcast, just talking about something else and another you know, other other Christian organizations that I'm involved in that I don't necessarily completely see eye to eye with in every possible way. I, I believe in the people. I believe in the mission. And I believe that we can, from within, create what we what we desire to have. A place that really fully understands the mission that God has called us to. A place that chooses to love everybody when they come in the door. People who choose to keep Jesus at the center and that we can love each other because the structures of the church, such as they are, are actually really, really helpful. And I think that we can root this out. But the only, again, if the damage feels irreparable, I get it. But that's, that's why I worship Jesus. I mean, it really is. There is nothing in my life that can be so bad that God can't bring real healing to it. 
And I think that about us individually in, in small C churches and collectively in the capital C church. That's just me. And so I get, I get, again, I want you to hear me for those of you who are struggling. I want you to hear me say that I, that I see you, I hear what you're saying, and I understand. And, um, and I, would, I would encourage you to find a place where you feel like you can connect. And if, it, and if for a season it can't be at a place that feels like a regular church, just please find it somewhere. Stay, stay connected with other people who really are wanting to grow personally in their faith with Jesus Christ and are going to support you and understand you. Please find some people like that in your life. And then I hope at some point you will be able to find your way back into what feels like the larger capital C Christian church movement because God has called us to do this all together within a, within a church and amongst a whole lot of churches, all the churches together. This is something that God has called us to. And in the same way that you don't want anybody to give up on you, we can't give up on one another. That is just my encouragement to you. And again, I am very intentionally did not go to a lot of Bible verses and kind of say, well, the Bible says this, Bible says this, because I didn't want this episode in particular to feel like I'm trying to convince you of something more than I'm just kind of passionately, but hopefully not overwhelmingly, just kind of share my heart around this issue. And so as always, if this is something that you are battling with, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear any questions you have. I mean, if you send me questions, when people send me questions and thoughts and things about what they're, what they're hearing in this, it shapes not only the next episodes, but it shapes kind of like other series that we do in the future. So if this is something that's on your heart, please let me know. You can always holler at me, charlie at thegrovechurch.org. Or I'd love to see you on a Sunday. You can come by the church sometime and um, you can get all the information about when we meet at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. You can fill out a little card there. Let us know that you're listening. Or if you are not local, you can go to that same website. Again, fill out that card there. Let us know that you're here. You can stream with us sometime. Either way, we would love to help serve, connect you any possible way that we can. We've got a couple more episodes in this series. Encourage you to come back and join us for that. Again, we'd love to see you on a Sunday. And as always, I'm Charlie Lofton, and thank you so much for joining us in the Cultivate Podcast. Cultivate Podcast.